Support for this episode of 9 to Thrive HR is brought to you by Caliper. Caliper helps companies around the world get clear about selecting the right people and developing the best talent. To learn more, please visit www.calipercorp.com. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of 9 to Thrive HR, a podcast produced by HCI where we discuss some of the most pressing issues facing talent management today and help surface ideas and solutions to those problems by speaking to experts and practitioners in the field. My name is Randy Kenny, and I am your host for today. I'm joined by David Solot, SVP of Client Services, and Frank Costanzo, SVP of Business Development at Caliber. Let's get started with you, David. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely, Randy. Um, so I am a uh, biopsychologist. I have a PhD from Walden University. Uh, my background is in clinical psychology and in personality assessment. I've been working in the field for about 15 years now, and my current focus uh, is on people analytics uh, and on using personality data to predict changes in the business landscape and then helping companies to thrive in the current climate. And how about you, Frank? Could you share a little background with us? Yep, absolutely. Hi, Randy. A pleasure to be here. My name is Frank Costanzo. I've uh, I primarily come at this from a technology point of view. I've been involved in many different industries, uh, including uh, banking, brokerage, education, entertainment, uh, and now, of course, the personality industry. And I bring to this industry more of a perspective of how to transition it from what, what could be more of a traditional uh, approach to adding a lot of the complexity and or solving a lot of the complexity that, say, Caliper Analytics can uh, offer our clients. So that's really what I do and what I bring to the table. And uh, you both co-presented on a recent webcast for HCI. And during that webcast, you discussed the importance of understanding millennials in the workforce. What would you say are some of the most important traits about millennials that HR leaders should be aware of as they seek to hire them? Hey, Randy, that's a great question. I think uh, in that webcast, we started with highlighting quite a few different statistics that would lead to the traits. And some of the most interesting are that, you know, more than 44% of the people that responded to a survey by uh, the authors of a new book, um, Alec uh, Deal and, uh, and uh, Jennifer Levinson, they indicated that 44% of the people that responded to their survey were really happy to stay at their current employer for the rest of their career. We thought that was just fascinating. That was yeah, exactly, Frank. That was the one that really blew us away uh, when we first looked at that because of that strong, pervasive millennial stereotype that's out there that these are serial job hoppers mm-hmm. uh, who are going to stay for six months to a year, maybe two years, and then feel like they have to get a different experience and move on. So to see them have the same desire for stability mm-hmm. uh, that Generation X and the boomers had was really very encouraging. And one of the things that um, we assumed uh, caused that was the fact that they grew up during the Great Recession. And as a result of that, they they may have seen their friends and parents and, and relatives lose their jobs. The other thing that may have kind of contributed to that risk averseness is the fact that some of them might have significant amounts of student loans or student debt. So, so to add to that, Frank, I would say that risk averse, definitely one of the traits mm-hmm. you see in, uh, in uh, millennials a lot in terms of their um, whether or not they believe in being able to stay at a job for a long period of time because of that feeling of, I can't necessarily trust right. that an organization is going to do right by me because I saw so many things happen during the Great Recession. So many people get laid off. 
um, that I'm always a little bit cautious and a little bit guarded mm-hmm. about what my future is going to look like with any particular organization. Yeah. The other big trait, uh, Randy, is uh, flexibility. Ninety-five percent of those surveyed by Deal and Levinson indicated that occasionally they'd like to work from home or another location. And Dave and I have talked about that. That that might not be generational. It might be that that uh, it's situational. And a lot of folks, millennial or not, might want that today as well. Mm-hmm. And that that ties a little bit, Randy, into the um, the idea that there are so many more two-earner families now uh, than there were several years ago, uh, it's almost a must. Uh, if you're going to start a family and raise children, um, you know, both parents are going to be working, and uh, there are going to be times when you need to work from home to provide child care, to take care of something around the house, yeah. and millennials very much want and expect to have the flexibility to do that. And just one final point. Uh, in the webinar, Dave and I highlighted the fact that millennials will – stick with a current situation if, if it fits their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And in that survey by Deal and Levinson, although 44% would stay for the rest of their lives at their current organization, 23% said that um, they are currently looking for another position. And we can only assume that it's because it doesn't fit their work-life balance, which is key to a millennial. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would just add one last thing to that as well, which is that um, I think that when we're talking about the traits of the millennials, we need to also be talking about the traits of their managers. Yeah. Um, because, you know, as, as we've seen, social interaction is a huge part of what millennials are looking for uh, out of their, their work life. And uh, if a millennial's own personality traits line up well with their managers or complement them well, they're likely to have a better relationship that they feel more strongly about, and that also leads them being more likely to stay uh, with their organization. I know finding a good fit is one of the most important things that our recruiters and hiring managers look for. And what are some ways that you know those recruiters or hiring managers can know whether a candidate, whether they're millennial or not, will be a good fit for an organization? Mm-hmm. It, it, that's a great question, and it's a complex question. But to, to sort of simplify it down into a couple of, of buckets of information here, um, as employers, we're used to looking at job fit. We're used to looking at what are the characteristics, the competencies needed of the job, and then does the person have the behavioral uh, personality traits and the skills and the experience to do that job. But when we're talking about millennials, one of the most important things that we need to look at beyond job fit is culture. Um, millennials are really looking to incorporate their work life into their personal life, and they see far fewer distinctions between the two of them than the previous generations have. So when a millennial joins an organization, they really want to understand what kind of organization am I I joining? What are their values? What is their mission? How do they relate to their employees? How do they relate to their customers? And what we're finding in the work that we're doing with clients is that a lot of organizations think they know what their culture is, (laughs) but they're not not right uh, or they're not 100% sure. Um, And we're finding that a lot of organizations have these pockets of different culture at different parts of their organization. So when they bring in millennials, the millennials tend to group together and now form their own pocket of culture. And you wind up with an an organization that's in a bit of turmoil uh, as they push and pull back and forth to figure out who they really are at their core. You know, there's a there's also a lot of change on the corporate side regarding culture. So we've heard that on the banking side, for example, J.P. Morgan recently told their investment bankers that they should take weekends off, unless, of course, they're working on an imminent deal. We've also heard that 
uh, some banks are mandating that individuals take certain days off or an amount of days off. So what that leads to is they're trying to modify their culture to fit the millennials. Right. I think that's one of the first signs that an organization has a a growing cultural awareness Mm -hmm. is when they start saying there are specific actions we need to take to modify our culture to fit the new business landscape. But it starts with, it starts, Randy, with you have to understand what your culture is. And if an organization hasn't given that some really serious thought and done some research into, you know, who do we think we are versus who are we actually, um, they're going to find some conflict with millennials, even when they bring in millennials who are a good job fit for the positions that they're hiring for. Yeah, and that creates an excellent connection to analytics because analytics can really start to illustrate the landscape that you're looking at and help to identify the roadmap to perhaps the culture you want to create. Very good point. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about analytics. Um, I know the personality analytics is a big part of what Caliper does, as you mentioned earlier. How can analytics help managers identify and develop those high potential employees? So Randy, we get that question quite frequently and it always seems to center around the desire of a millennial to move quickly from one position to the next. So as we start to talk with corporations about that, analytics can be used to identify not only that fit with the the current position, but also the fit with future positions. So as we look at high potential individuals, they're very, very eager to um, focus on that future position, understand the needs. Analytics can start to to, uh, not only identify the future positions, but the development needed for that. And I think that that's a, a very progressive way of thinking about millennials, thinking about answering the question, how do we uh, retain them? And, uh, you know, creating a more collaborative environment where that uh, career path is talked about and action, real, real action is taken. Yeah, I would say that when, when we're looking at developing those high potential um, millennials, to add on to what you were just saying, Frank, millennials in general, one of their, their characteristics, again, trying not to stereotype here, but they are very fine uh, finely tuned detectors of whether or not someone is, let's just say, sincere uh, in what they're saying. Yeah. Um, and when businesses talk about, well, we want to develop you as a high potential employee, and we have this career path, as Frank was saying, mapped out for you. If it's just talk, the millennial is going to, or like millennials are likely to pick up on it. Um, it needs to be followed up by actions. So, Frank, you outlined a really good plan of using analytics to figure out. What are the next logical steps in their career path? What are they capable of doing? What are they likely to enjoy doing? Um, I would add to that and say that then has to be communicated very clearly to the millennial. Uh, So that's something we may not be as used to doing, sitting down with the employee and saying, hey, we've looked at all this. How are you going to fit into the organization two years from now, five years from now? And here's where we see your future growth lies. We, we may not be comfortable taking that conversation outside of a manager's meeting, but it's something we need to do. And then going to the millennial and saying, I'm going to put some concrete action items behind this. Here's what we're actually going to do. Um, I think, Frank, you had talked about, a, I remember you talking previously about a tour of duty concept. Mm-hmm. Do you want to elaborate on that to just talk about how we can get them different experiences to show that we're committed to that? Yep, absolutely. So Reid Hoffman, the CEO and founder of LinkedIn, recently wrote a book called The Alliance. And in The Alliance, they talk about this tour of duty concept, and it's basically an agreement between an individual and the company uh, for a mission, 
uh, that lasts a certain number of years or months. And between the two, they come to an agreement, uh, and it really leads to the better understanding, but from both points of view, they can uh, understand what they're going to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a, a great way of saying, hey, we're not just talking about developing you. Mm -hmm. We're willing to put it down on paper and say, over the next two to three years, here's what we hope you will learn, and here's where we hope you will go. Yeah. And that's a big step in, in developing a high-performing uh, millennial. And Randy, a lot of what David's been touching on is retention as well. So those early conversations around the potential fit are wonderful to enhance the retention aspect of it. The realistic options about uh, future development ideas and, and then using analytics to support the whole conversation is really what David's been pointing to there. I know we've talked a lot about millennials and the work-life balance that they're seeking. Uh, what are some other significant ways that you think millennials will change the work landscape in the future? You know, I think to answer that question, one of the things we have to do is we have to set aside the millennial stereotype. Um, and it is pervasive. I mean, it almost is, is a little silly to go into what it is because it's so well known. The, the, it's the entitled job hopper uh, who wants, you know, wants to be the uh, C-level executive within three weeks of joining the company. Um, we have to set that aside. And we need to look at what is it that millennials really want out of their work life. And it's not very different than what we've seen with Generation X or with the Boomers. They want a solid connection with people and with the culture of the organization that they're joining. Um, they want their work to mean something. They want to know that what they are doing is contributing in some way to making a company better, to making life better for people. They do want uh, a well-spelled-out career path, and they would like to see it be a fairly rapid progression, but that's no different than really what Generation X or what the boomers wanted. It was just a little different about the way they go about getting it. And they want flexibility, and that also goes hand-in-hand -hand with a deeper, uh, a deeper connection between life and work. Um, so when we talk about how are they going to impact the business landscape, when we think about um, what millennials actually want, I think the right question to really be asking is, how are they going to go about getting this? Because as the largest generational group, and that includes the boomers, they're a larger group than the boomers, they have tremendous clout to be able to get what they're looking for. And instead of needing to adapt to the work environment the way my generation, Generation X, had to do, they can put a lot of pressure on the business environment to then adapt to them. That's a key point. And just to put a stat out there, this generation that we've been referring to is about 2.5 billion uh, individuals worldwide. So wow. that is a significant uh, population putting pressure on corporations. So I guess that's why we talk about it so much. It's worth mentioning, too, Frank, since you mentioned the, the, the worldwide population size, that the millennial trends are similar worldwide mm -hmm. in all industrialized nations. We're seeing similar kinds of uh, of uh, demands being placed on businesses, similar kinds of attitudes. So it's also in that way one of the first, if not the first generation, that's much more uniform in wanting to see these changes be brought about worldwide at the same time. Well, thank you so much to both of you, Frankie and David, for taking the time to join us today to talk about millennials in the workforce. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having us, Randy. It's a, it's a very exciting topic that I'm sure we're going to be talking about a lot more in the future. Thanks, Randy. 
We'd also like to thank all of you tuning in and encourage you to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed what you heard. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Smart Radio, and on the YouTube channel HCI Talent. Lastly, one more big thank you goes out to Caliper. Without their generous support, HCI couldn't deliver great content like this. If you're interested in learning more about what we've discussed in today's episode, you can find more resources at hci.org. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of HCI, this is Randy Kenny.